0: It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Talk to JT. As we are rolling on on the biggest topic in the NFL, this is nothing to dive into and look crazy about. Have we lost our bleeping mind? Look, the elephant in the room is the majority of our audience are Raider fans, and they would like the Raiders to win now. They don't want to rebuild. They don't care about two or three years. The last 20-plus years have been hard, and they're sick of it. Excuses die. The record stands. JT the Brick. Are you kidding me? It's an absolute free-for-all with the Raiders on national radio debate shows. Everybody now is throwing blank up against the wall. No, no, no. Who are you listening to? Who's putting this in your head? But what happens next is what should this team do that's responsible, not reckless, makes sense, And could kind of thread the needle and get this team back to greatness. Are you with me on that? Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. And now, sound off like you got a pair. All right, yeah. Welcome back, hour number two, everybody. JT in the home of sports, Vegas for the Stanley Cup. Hour number two of the show. We are brought to you by Resorts World, where I'll be tomorrow night, have an event at Resorts World. Can't believe I'm going to Resorts World again, home of our Monday night football show, which you could be a part of at Doghouse Saloon, Red Tail, another interactive sports environment, bar. It's interactive. They have games. People love it. My son and his friends go there. It's tremendous. I love Eight Cigar Lounge. You'll see a lot of Wink Wink celebrities in there, football players, basketball players, Carver Steakhouse and then all the other great restaurants, Scott Sabella's vision of how to do a global, big, local, and global casino right. The music is tremendous. Their theater is amazing. And every time I go into Resorts World, I'm just proud to be a proud partner of Resorts World because they do everything right. And as I told Scott, locals, get on in there. Get on in there, come and see it if you haven't seen it lately, and go check out the pools. You know, Zook the Nightclub is amazing. Everybody knows about that. But the pools, they have multiple pools there, and more of the development is starting to open up. So we thank Resorts World for being a proud partner of our show as we continue on here. I'll get to the Raiders in a second. We'll continue to hammer home on the Golden Knights. Uh, Very important that we do that as Game 1 is Saturday. Cover of the Las Vegas Review-Journal the last couple of days have been amazing. You know, they have a great article out here today, not bowled over just yet. And Ed Graney's been writing. Ed Graney's one of the best sports writers I've ever seen. And he'll cover every sport. And he's doing a deep dive on the superstitions and everything that's happening around that. Today, I went out to my driveway to get the newspaper. Yes, the five keys for the Knights. So the Knights have a lot happening here. I think they'll win. Also here, how about this on the cover of the paper today, Bobby? Robin Leonard faces another fraud claim from lender. Oh, okay. That's in the paper. I'm it's in the newspaper. It's right here. What can you imagine if we got stuck with this guy? Imagine if we got stuck with this guy, we wouldn't be in the Stanley Cup final. I wish him well. I wish him well physically and mentally. But thank God for Aiden Hill and what we have the depth of this defense here. Uh the series price Golden Knights minus 130 over at the Superbook with Jay Cornegay and our great friend Jeff Sherman. If you're betting the Panthers, it's plus 110. So spend 130 to win 100 with VGK. These are evenly stacked teams. That's not the case when it comes to the NBA Finals. Again, Game 1 is out of control. I cannot believe Game 1 that the Heat, after the Heat just beat Boston, in Game 7, in Game 7 in Boston, they're a 9-point underdog in this game. The line opened up, Denver minus 8. Now it's minus 9, uh, 8.5 at DraftKings, rest of Vegas, From Winbet to Caesars to the Superbooks to South Point, all here at minus nine. I don't know how you don't sprinkle some money on Miami because Miami, they fight. They fight. They fight hard. Olden Polonies is going to join us in a little bit on that. So that's what we have coming up here in sports in this town for the next couple of weeks. Uh, Raiders with OTAs, as I said in the first hour of the show, I'll be with the Raiders tonight. Uh, They have their big guns and down. The Hall of Famers are in. The Gold Jackets are in town. A lot of the alumni are here to be a part of the OTAs. Josh McDaniels mentioned that as he opened up his press conference. I think that's an important moment in the young history of Josh McDaniels as the head coach of this team, that he, along with Mark Davis, Dave Ziegler, want to make sure that these alumni have a big impact on these new young players. Can you imagine being out there today? Can you imagine being out at practice at OTAs and know that Art Shell's there and Matt Millen's there? And to look around and go, oh, my God, is that Mike Haynes? Who, to see that, that's got to help your football program. And I can just tell you this, being around sports radio 27 years, coming up on 25 with the Raiders, I have never seen an organization in professional sports, including the Yankees. The Yankees have old-timers day. One game a year, they have old-timers game. Everybody comes back. Right? But, you know, Reggie Jackson will be there, even though Reggie works for the Astros. You know, guys will come back. You've got Paul O'Neill in the booth. Derek Jeter will come around once a year. The Raiders? Name an organization close to the Raiders, close to the Raiders of treating their alumni this way and bringing them back. Every home game at the Torch, there are multiple Hall of Famers in the building because it's really important to the legacy of Al and Carol Davis, Mrs. Davis with us, the late Al Davis, and Mark, to include the greatness of the Raiders with the future of the team. So we're seeing that on June 1st, and I'm excited to see some of that a little bit later on. And nice job. And the guys want to be here. And look, you know, when you get a free plane ticket or a hotel room, all right. No, no, this is different. This is the owner, the head coach and the GM saying, please come and watch our young team as we're trying to build it with the way you won championships. I love that about sports. I'm a legacy guy. I like Hall of Fame. I like history. And the Raiders are really plugged into that. So I'll have more to report back on tomorrow as it's going to be a good night tonight. Uh, Bruce Cassidy got fired taking Boston to the Stanley Cup. How do you fire Bruce Cassidy? Because you know, of all these years, he couldn't win the Cup, but he got him close all the time? So we get him here. He talked at his press conference yesterday on the opponent coming in, the Florida Panthers.
1: Well, they've powered through the, the East. Uh, some really strong regular season teams, Boston, Toronto, Carolina, all excellent records. Um, so obviously we got our hands full. We know that Bobrovsky's found his, his rhythm in there. And um, other than that, we'll dive into it a little more in the next few days, uh, find even further tendencies that hopefully we can um, exploit or, or take away, depending on the situation. And looking forward to it. They, they've earned their way. We've earned our way. So. Um, I said looking forward to getting going we'll use these three days or two days whatever it is here and and uh rest up and then like i said um focus on a, a new opponent
0: florida beat boston that's all you need to know they beat boston i don't think vegas would have beat boston i repeat if boston was in town we we would have been in boston boston would have had the home ice if vegas was opening up saturday in boston i don't think they would have won the stanley cup i think they would have lost in five Probably the same way I'm picking Vegas to win in six. Boston was just too good. I know they got beat. They got beat by Florida. If they play Florida in that series six, seven, eight times, they win every one but one. The one they lost. But you got to give Florida credit. They beat Boston, which is shocking to me. The type of play from Florida. Here's the head coach of EGK.
1: I, one of the big differences style is is rush versus ozone and, and forecheck. How, how to create offense. We've always said there's you know there's there's transition game. There's the four-check ozone play, and there's power play, right? So I think they've – you know, the power play doesn't usually change your approach, but the ozone versus transition does. And I've, the biggest thing I've noticed is the rush game used to kill you there. If you could shut that down, you'd probably be able to outwill them to get into the front of the net, different areas like that. And Tampa did that to them. And what they've done differently, I think, this year is they've tried to create offense from below the goal line, from getting pucks deep as opposed to always off the rush. now Whether that's accurate or not, that's just what I've seen. Um, And and they've obviously done a really good job. But the numbers back that up. If you look at the analytics, how they're scoring, it definitely backs that up. Um, So that's what I've seen the difference from my time in the East and from this year.
0: Yeah, so remember, he came from the East as the head coach of the Bruins. And Bruce Cassidy was asked about the legacy and what he's learned in the past. Remember he's an Eastern conference coach with Boston for many years, familiar with Florida. Now he's leading the golden Knights.
1: Getting back on track now that yes, you learn how to manage your time. You learn the ups and downs, the, the, the demands of the final. Um, everybody's there. And it's, it's outside influences as well as the hockey people as well. And I think those are the things you have to manage when you get to the final. And I think, we do have, an ad- should use our advantage that we may have with Martinez and Petrangelo, Barbashev, Stevenson, Kessel, quick guys that have been there and know what it's about. So we have to make sure we tap into that. Uh, as for the on ice game back then, you know, that whole, that whole ride is, fan- that's why we play. So you're learning to enjoy the moment, yet off days you're allowed to think of the big picture, what's at stake, but then get dialed into the details. And I think that's what I learned is use those days uh, appropriately to mentally refresh and and you know obviously getting your rest. No one really practices much this time of the year unless you're in between a series like now. But once it's going so you have to use those off days to, to get the guys attention in the right place and I think that's one of the things I definitely learned. We went seven games, didn't go our way. Um, so I learned that the the last one, getting 16 wins isn't easy. is not good enough, so that'll be the bit of the message as well.
0: The guy loses in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final, and they fire him. I mean, You've got to be kidding me. This sport is out of its mind. Who have we had here? Gerard Gallant, Peter DeBoer, Bruce Cassidy. In six years, very good coaches who have all gone deep into the playoffs. And you don't know, win, you're out. I don't think that's going to be the case here. But one more on his VGK experience, because Cassidy, I think, has a big chip on his shoulder. You do not hear it on the press conferences. You don't hear it. You don't hear him being cocky, hey, it's all about me. But I'd make it all about me if I got fired after going game seven with Boston, who came back with the best record in hockey and lost. Here's the Vegas head coach. Well, you
1: hope it works to our advantage. Um... You can't help but hear things from the other side. They all hear things from us, and they're enjoying their moment. We're seeing it on TV and, and different things, and good for them. They should. It's 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 tough to get there, and if you have a little downtime, you use that as you s- see fit. You know, I, and every team will do it differently, and um, they've got two teams in that market that are going to the final. So that there, there's a bit of that energy in their in their market. I've been there in Boston where the Celtics and the Bruins are both there at the same time, and, and it's it's you know it's just. It's an enjoyable moment and if you can manage your, your work versus your, like I said, enjoying the moment, then that's, that's a challenge. that will be a challenge for us too here. Our fans in Vegas are going, you know they're going to be behind us, there's going to be stuff going on. and um, at the end of the day, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. It's, it's to me, it's if you show up for work and you've prepared yourself to play to have success, then usually you do. And I think this team has put the work in since September in training camp. We changed some things, and it's showing now in the playoffs. And it showed the other night in Dallas. That's a, it, was, it was our best game of the playoffs, and it's a good time to have it. And so the work we've put in came through, and that's what I expect to happen in the finals for us. Uh, for them, then I can't really speak to to how it's going to go for them.
0: All right, who do you got in the series? Any gamblers out here? I've been shut out today. I'm being shut out right now. I'm getting, I'm getting no hit today by Nolan Ryan, right? Everybody's sleeping today but me. I got a busy day today. I'm doing five hours of radio today, and I'm standing up in the studio. I'm ready to roll. So 702-365-9200. If you want to pick a game, you want to pick a game. We got the NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup Final here. Or you want to jump into Josh McDaniels, who said he has, quote, no anxiety. When it comes to Jimmy G, I like that soundbite. Let's save that one. I know some things disappear from time to time in the studio. Let's save that one because he has no anxiety as it comes to that. Oh, and we have the big piece of Tom Brady sound. Uh, Tom Brady spoke to SI. Uh, Brady's trying to make it clear that he's not going to come back and play again. There's a lot of speculation in Vegas. People talking about it. Here's Tom Brady actually saying it. This is Tom Brady.
2: What is your message to those fans, the media, whoever it is that's constantly concocting a way for you to come back?
1: I'm certain I'm not playing again, so I've tried to make that clear and I, I hate to continue to profess that because I've already told people that uh, lots of times, but I'm looking forward to my my broadcasting job at Fox next year. Um, I'm looking forward to the opportunity ahead with the with the Raiders and we're in the process of that along with The other different things that I'm a part of professionally and in my personal life, just spending as much time with my kids as I can and seeing them grow up and support the different things that they have going on. And that's a very important job. And I take them all pretty seriously.
0: Yeah, he takes it all seriously. He takes it very seriously. So I think Tom Brady is trying to get this ownership thing passed. It will probably at the next owner's meeting. If he wants to step away from that and play football again, he would have to step away from that. He would have to step away from his job with Fox. How about that? He'd have to step away from Fox, where I don't know how much money they're giving him, three hundred plus million dollars. And I don't know how good he's gonna be there. I'm guarded when I say that because he could be a minority owner of the Raiders, it looks like. But Tony Romo's the best new broadcaster I've seen coming in a long time. Even if you're a little down on Tony Romo, good luck trying to be better than him in year one or year two. Good luck with that. He hit it out of the park. And you know, Tom Brady's gonna to have a lot of options wherever Giselle has the kids. And his kids, if it's in Miami, he's got to be on the private jet a lot going from Vegas with the Aces and the Raiders to Miami, let alone if he ever thinks about playing again. And then the countdown begins for him to get a gold jacket in Canton, Ohio, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's got a lot going on. He's a tremendous businessman, and he has TB12, which is a growing, growing brand as we get ready for that. So that's where we stand on all of this. The two top headlines at ESPN.com. Man, ESPN loves the Raiders, man. ESPN, here's the top two headlines, Rady says he's certain he's not playing again. Headline number two, McDaniels, quote, no anxiety over Raiders quarterback situation. What would ESPN.com do? What would they do without the Raiders? Especially in June and July, man. Should send the Raiders a thank you card. All right, we got Olden Polonese kind enough to join us. 15-year NBA big man, friend of the show, and, Olden, let's go. The Celtics lost. First, your takeaway. How would you describe it? They were down 0-3. They get to 3-3. And then they have a complete no-show in Game 7.
3: Yeah, there they they were a couple of different things within that game. And, you know, it was really strange. But at the same time, you know, it's almost like you could have lost, you know, Game 4, 5, or 6 if you were going to lay that kind of egg, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. But I think the injury to Jason Tatum really took the wind out of the, out of the Celtics. And I mm-hmm. still think they would have lost the game, but it would have made it more competitive. It's just because the Miami Heat, they have so much resolve. They, you know, they were going to win that game no matter what. And I kept saying one of the reasons why it's 150-0 and 0 is because it's so difficult to beat a team four straight games, no matter which side you want. It is very, very difficult to beat a team four straight.
0: Well, then what about all their bad threes? Well, uh, you bet you played in the game, and you, you know who the great three-point shooters are of your era, and after that, Steph Curry is obviously one of them. How come some of these coaches on a night where they're on pace to go 9 of 42 from three just can't call a timeout and say, we're not shooting threes. We got two guys who can do it. The resty is get your ass on the low block, Al Horford, everybody else, get a put back, get a bucket, get in the paint, and let's do it the dirty way and work hard to get a bucket.
3: Well, I'm gonna answer it like this. Um I saw the the response by uh, Jalen Brown. You know, we have a lot of respect, you know, myself and Jason Tate from Joe missoula, And that told me everything I needed to tell it needed to tell me. Because the reason he has so much respect for Missoula is because Missoula did not have the internal fortitude to say, hey, sit your butt down, stop shooting those threes, okay? Because at some point in time, you got to save your team from themselves. And Jalen Brown, eight turnovers, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. you're not a ballhead. That's, I've, I've always said this. There's, there's a three-point shooter, and there's a guy that can make a three-point shot. <laughs> and the Boston Celtics have a lot of guys that can make a three-point shot thinking they are three-point shooters. And it's a, it's embarrassing watching, you know, a guy stand at the top of the key, dribble, 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 you know, and if he, if he doesn't turn it over, he pulls up for a jump shot. And that's your offense. And to me, that is absurd. And that's bad basketball. And that's why sometimes I get really frustrated watching this game because these guys have really not – understood how to play the game you know it's funny i was we were like sitting watching the game and my wife goes i'm watching videos of larry bird and magic johnson michael those guys were stars and they were icons i don't get that feeling watching these guys play Mm. you know it's kind of like watching like guys at 24-hour fitness play (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's pretty much how it is when you try to compare with everybody else. It's just weird because they just they're good basketball players, but these guys aren't superstars.
0: We're fabricating wow.
3: superstars
0: now. Olden Polonies joins us that you just set me up perfectly. I'm going to battle with people on social media. They say Jalen Brown could get two hundred and ninety five million. I say you're out of your mind. I know he can get it. I wouldn't pay him it. I'd give that to Dwayne Wade or Jimmy Butler maybe some of the other players out there. Jalen Brown is a very important piece if Boston wants to, say, stay highly competitive and win a championship. But what makes us believe we have to pay these guys the supermax or the max? I wouldn't give Harden the max. I wouldn't give Kyrie the max. I'd give it to Luka, and I'd go out and give it to certain players there. But why does everybody believe that they could make the maximum money that's available coming up on the next contract, Olden?
3: It's the stupidity of the NBA right now. And it's unfortunate, you know, because just because you have the money to spend doesn't mean you have to spend the money. And I don't care about first team all NBA and all that, Oh, I get a super max. That's a bunch of crap, okay? These guys are not – and, again, I don't want to tell anybody not to pay somebody, and I damn sure ain't going to tell an NBA player, don't take the money if they're giving it to you. But mm-hmm. it's not making sense. So if Jalen Brown is worth $300 million, I always ask the question, what's LeBron James worth? What's mm-hmm. Steph Curry worth? You know, those. what's Nikola Jokic worth? Because all of a sudden, their contracts aren't fair. So if you're going to give him 280 you might as well give Caleb Martin 200
0: Right. Good point. Yeah, Caleb Martin had a great game. Olden Balinese is our guest. Let's move to the finals. Uh, before we talk to you again, I got to get your feeling. Denver, there's a little bad blood between Jimmy Butler and Denver. I guess Denver's one, is nine and one against Miami. Nine and one in the last five years. They are a heavy, heavy Vegas favorite coming into this game with all this rest. But Miami's proven that they can beat Milwaukee and they can beat Boston. Do you give them a chance? Do you like Miami in the series? Is it all about Denver?
3: I didn't like anybody coming out to East because when they went to seven games, I figured and realized that no matter who came out of there was going to be so wrecked that Mm -hmm. Denver was going to just destroy them. And I still believe that. I love Miami's resolve against the Boston Celtics, but the Boston Celtics are not a very cerebral team. And so you're going to play this kind of game with Denver where they're very cerebral, and I don't care about the rest of them. The main guy is very, very cerebral. And that's all you need because the most dangerous guy, and then the second most dangerous guy is another one. And so, to me, it's gonna—I be, believe it's gonna be a sweep, you know. But Miami Ooh. might muster some something miraculous and win one. But I just don't believe that it's really gonna be a series. It's gonna be—it's gonna be a Denver Nuggets uh, victory.
0: then as we wrap it up, you played for some good coaches some lesser coaches, good men, I'm sure great friends and mentors to you. What do you think about a year where Doc gets fired, and champion gets fired, Monty Williams gets fired, Nick Nurse gets fired and gets hired again? What's going on in this league? We wonder if Missoula's going to come back. He went to Game 7 of the conference finals. It seemed like, And even in hockey, it's happening, a different sport. The coaches who get a team to the Stanley Cup final and lose don't have their job again next year. Are we jumping the gun too early on these coaches and should give them a few more years to figure it out?
3: Yeah, uh, in that aspect, yes. But at the same time, I'm I'm against the whole you get fired and you get a better job thing. I'm a Mm. big believer. You get fired for whatever reasons you should have to sit out of here. You know, I'm Mm. tired of the carousel. Uh, of, you know, of coaches, you know, okay, I leave this team, I go to this one. I leave this one, I go to this one right away. That's absurd to me because in no other job, no other profession can you get fired and then you get promoted. It's absurd to me how this thing works. And so, you know, some of the guys, I think they do deserve, you know, longer runs. And, but, again, if you look at it, all the guys you mentioned, Brudenholder, Nurse, mm-hmm. I mean, they're a year or two removed from championships. It's, it's crazy to me, you know, how this is working. So everybody's kind of like, you know, trying to, like, get quick fixes for things that really aren't quick fixes, you know, because it goes deeper than that. It's, it's just a lot of egos. This thing is really ego-driven more than anything else because these general managers come in. You know, I want my guy, I want this, I want that. So it's all over the place. But, you know, they're not going to listen to me, so it doesn't matter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Olden, with you based in L.A., any update on the Lakers and the insanity of this offseason? Last remark on Anthony Davis, LeBron not threatening retirement. He didn't, but coming (laughs) off his loss and getting swept. What what do you think about the roller coaster that is the Lakers in the offseason? What should we look forward to?
3: Well, at the end of the season, you know, with LeBron making everybody, you know, like all the speculation that he's going to retire or maybe he's got to think about it, it told me everything I needed to know. It's like you go ahead and you sabotage, you know, the whole narrative and you could you could have been like, you know, what? The, the Denver Nuggets whooped our butts and that's it. Whatever decisions I make for the future, we'll talk about it another time. Much love and respect to the Denver Nuggets. I would have left it at that. But to sit there and have everybody, oh, my God, could he, you know, now everybody's thought process is not even about the Denver Nuggets. And so, to me, that was kind of foul how it happened. But, again, you know, it is what it is. LeBron is, you know, I love him. I respect him. But he's very good at controlling the narrative. And so, you got to you know, give him credit for that. But as far as that, you know, everybody's haggling right now and haggling for position, and you know, you know, fans. Uh, oh, okay, is it going to be Kyrie? You know, what are they going to do with D'Angelo Russell? I, I don't, I doubt he'll be back. That's definitely out of mm-hmm. the picture. So whether Kyrie comes in or not, we're not sure. But the bottom line is, these guys, have, you know, I like what they did, and most of those guys should come back and play significant roles. But if Anthony Davis doesn't come back or freaking figure out a way to just play through things, it doesn't matter who they bring in. you know. And they're going to have to start entertaining, maybe just making a move with him.
0: Wow. All right, Olden. Great to talk to you. Enjoy the finals. I'll see you out here for Summer League, if not sooner. And thanks again for all your support and all your great opinions. I appreciate you.
3: All right. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Olden Polonese. All right, I, look, at he mentioned Anthony Davis at the end. NBA players are no longer going to play in the NBA regular season. There's no need to. No one cares. The Warriors didn't care last year. They made the playoffs. They went to the conference semifinals. LeBron didn't care. Well, LeBron did care. LeBron played his ass off. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis was really good down the stretch and in the playoffs. But a lot of these teams, Kawhi Leonard, they don't want to play in the regular season anymore. You know how much money they're making? 200 million, 300 million, 160 million. They don't care about a regular season Tuesday night game in New Orleans or Portland? They care about the playoffs. And one team wins and one team loses in every series, the team that loses, the guy goes home to his girlfriend, wife or mistress and says, well, I'm making $160 million, and after this year, next year, they owe me $122 million total. And a year from now, they're going to owe me $83 million left on our contract. Imagine having $83 million left over on your contract two years from now. You think you're going to be inspired to play basketball in the regular season in November and December? It's a joke. And they're, letting, they're, they're doing it right in front of us. And I am one of the last bastions of hope that pointed out every day. Hey, look at this box score. This guy didn't play. Why didn't he play? Well, he's been hurt for two weeks. Well, why didn't he come back last week? Well, he doesn't need to. He's going to come back next week when they get home. It's a scam. The NBA does not care anymore. And once they start doing this, it becomes a trend. So it's a trend now. Load management and all that. And then they notice you don't care anymore, and then it becomes what they're going to do. It's happening in football. In football, what are they getting rid of? The kicking game. They're taking away the kickoff, and now you can raise raise your hand and have a fair catch. What do you think the league's going to look like three years from now? Are you going to take the punter out of the game? You raise your hand, the punter raises his hand and goes, okay, we'll put it on the other 20. No one's going to get hurt. What's going on in our life? Why are they touching our sports so much? Why are they manipulating the sports that I grew up as a kid? Why do they have to change it every year? They don't need to. Baseball's changing at an alarming rate because they're scared of young boys and girls not being interested. Football's changing the entire special teams and the landscape of special teams going forward. The NBA is encumbered by load management. The only sport that's the same is hockey. Hockey's the same. NASCAR, now they have stage races. They used to start the car, you race, the race to the end, and whoever won, now stage one. Stage two, let's take a break. Before stage three. Everybody's changing everything to make it easier on everybody because we're so damn scared that our kids don't have an attention span. They're hooked to their video games and they're hooked to their phones and they're not going to pay attention unless we dumb it down. We're in the era of sports where we're dumbing everything down because we're afraid of cell phone technology. We're all addicted to our phones. We're all addicted to social media. Our kids are, and we're saying we gotta, we got to still get advertisers. we got to get people to watch. So make it, make it easier. Make it real easy. Make the game end very quickly. Okay, Do that. I, I, so, again, I'll evolve with this. I'm not a boomer. I'm not get-off-my-lawn guy. I'm not, I've never been that guy if you know me. I'll evolve with anything you want. I'm just going to point it out. Mike in Staten, Italy. Thanks for breaking up the shutout, Mikey, today. I feel like I'm hosting a podcast. Take your time.
2: <laughs> hey, JT. Uh, a few disagreements with you, JT. Mm. I think the rules uh, in football, especially saving the quarterback, I you know there has to be a few adjustments. I don't come to see the third uh, backup quarterback and run mm-hmm. you know, smash-mouth football. I enjoy this football, this arena-type football with the passing – and, you know, and, and more offense. I'm an offensive guy. Do I love the old 86 Giants? Absolutely. But I love that they're trying to, you know, with more technology, trying to get the helmet right, trying to get the mouthpiece right, 100%. But, JT, I called. I said, man, I'm pumped up for this. I'm pumped up for the Dallas Stars. Uh, that I'm sorry, the, uh, the Vegas Knights against the Florida Panthers. I think it's going to be old-time hockey. And hockey has also changed, uh-huh. JT. Ten years ago, there was so much more hitting And smaller Mm -hmm. hockey players couldn't make it in the NHL. Now they, you know, with the with they took the fighting out and the physicality out. There's still physicality. Don't get me wrong, but they've taken that out of 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 hockey also. And and JT, I think you you've discovered a star in olden Polonies. He is so refreshing to hear an ex an ex basketball player give you honest and truthful answers and they don't have to sugarcoat it. He it's just a matter of time until one of the alphabet networks pick him up and really use him. He he is a breath of fresh air, JT and and yeah. man, I hope I hope we don't have to worry about Garoppolo for the, for the season. I hope mm-hmm. he's healthy. I hope our offense is going to be dynamic, and I think they made the right moves on defense, and it's going to be a real exciting yep. year.
0: Thank you, Mike. you good phone call as always. I'm not worried about Garoppolo. I hope I don't have to worry about Garoppolo. I do this for a living. I'd like Jimmy Garoppolo to be the quarterback day one. It would make my job a lot easier if he was healthy, ready to roll, pre- and post-game and everything that we're doing. And he, he's right about hockey changing a little bit. They shorten the overtime in the regular season. Okay, so we get three-on-three three. skaters. I, I like that. I'm okay with that ending. You know, playoff hockey, overtime, sudden death. It goes as long as you want. The hitting, there are. He made a good point. There's less hitting. There's less fighting and all that. But you can fight as much as you want. They didn't outlaw fighting. You can fight still. So there's a lot of changes in sports. Some of it I like. Some of it I don't. Hey, coming up next, Johnny Katz has got news on the sphere. You You too. Bono's in town. Ooh, Bono's here. Checking out his new home, his new residency over at the Sphere. Can't wait to talk about that. I love you too. can Can't wait to get into the Sphere, Allegiant Stadium. Johnny Katz will go around Vegas. For everybody listening to us out of market, he'll tell you why to come here for the other entertainment other than sports. He joins us next.
4: I often make the comparison and I never coached Tim Duncan you know but just from coaching against him and hearing stories about those who have been around him like Tim Duncan was a selfless superstar and I, I look at Nicole Jokic in the same vein I think Nicole Jokic is a truly selfless superstar where it's not about him he's not looking for people to look look at me tell
0: me how great I am he's almost embarrassed by the attention. He just wants to be one of the guys in the locker room, have fun, work hard, and win. I think that's a fair analysis by the head coach of Denver, Mike Malone. You can't compare anybody to Tim Duncan who hasn't won a ring. But Jokic is about to win a ring. He's got two MVPs. He'll probably win another one. So the comparisons could be made. Duncan's the better player than Jokic. But Jokic has been playing at a very high level here. He's getting a lot of heat for that comment here ahead of the finals. I don't get it at all. I get Johnny Katz, who joins us from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, the man about town when it comes to all entertainment. And Katz, excited to talk to you here because I know Bono's been in town, the Sphere opening, and this is just enormous that two is going to have the residency here. How is the Sphere coming along, and what does Bono think?
4: Well, you know, he was here on uh uh Saturday and his uh in advance of that, his uh, the longtime sound engineer for U two that's been with the band forever, Joe O'Herlehe, was uh also at the sphere. So they're they're looking over the operations at the sphere over Memorial Day weekend, that much we know. Bono joined uh, joined Joe on Saturday and you know there's been a, a lot of talk about the uh about the structure of the sphere and how it's going to play out. And the U2 is involved in every facet of the production and their sound is supposed to be, you know, the most advanced in the world. So they were, you know, that's what he was doing here. He was checking it out. They had video panels going. I I have uh, known that they were playing some Madonna music during this whole thing. The Mm -hmm. the song Vogue was one of them um, and testing out the the video and sound in there. So, uh, you know, we have had some word about the sphere, you know, uh, about the seating at the lower level being, you know, obstructed, that was that came about late. If you look up mm-hmm. toward the the top of the sphere, there's the, that overhang from the second section that blocks some views. That came out recently, and that might have led to Bono wanting to check out the the. Uh, you know the sidelines himself. You know, they, Ticketmaster had to refund some uh, ticket holders because of this. You want to see the entire sphere, and there's there are some seats on that 100 deck they call it the 100 level that you can't see the top. So, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of things to iron out with the sphere, but they're going to be they're still uh, scheduled to open the. Uh The place on September
0: 29th. Yeah, it's not it's not my money, so if they're over a billion in overruns or whatever it is, I could care less. But I've had some about that. Yeah, yeah, I know that. And look, we built the Legion Stadium, the 872 laborers. They built that on time, on budget, safely, and did it. And look, I'm not you know the Sphere. I'm pro Sphere. I want to see the greatest concerts in the world. The people I know who have been on tours. And you've been in there, are saying it's just it's hard to explain, isn't it? On because you haven't seen it fully, where they're doing dress rehearsals and shows with all the videos going at the right time. But when you hear about what's going to happen, take our listeners behind the scenes on how great of a venue this is going to be.
4: Well, you're you're talking about a sound uh, setup that is going to uh, produce full but not too loud sound, and you you will be able to hear a whisper in one ear and music in the other. You will be able to feel wind through its a uh, sensory uh production uh you, you will feel like you're inside a an actual you know music or human experience you mm-hmm. know postcard from the earth is a theatrical show and that's going to take you around planet earth and you're supposed to be able to feel missed as you're going through you know different mm-hmm. environments and things like this you know my my description of the sphere in my time in it i've been to it one inside of it one time and it's earlier development it says if you go into a proper theater it has a, a stage and a, and a proper uh, proscenium setup, but then it's just jiffy popped out. It 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 looks yeah. like it's uh, inflating around you, and it's literally staggering. I mean, you look whoa, and it just seems to go up and up, and if you feel like it's actually moving itself. But it is an expensive place. And, you know, it has it's been. I know it's been rushing against a very uh, strict deadline. They do not want to move any dates. They're Mm -hmm. not going to move any dates. And that's James Dolan. He's the the head of MSG Entertainment, and he has enforced this. You know, they have got to open on time, and if it costs more money to do that, then they'll spend it.
0: John Katz, Lamitas Johnny Katz, joins us from the Review-Journal. You know, I look at this, and I wonder who's going to fill up these seats. You talked about the Earth experience and knowing the MSG lineup with Billy Joel. This will be his home field. This will be his home arena here at the Sphere. Elton John, I believe. I'm not predicting it or saying it, but I think he'll come out of retirement and do shows there. I think that Harry Styles, once he gets in there, won't want to play anywhere else. Uh, And some of the other names, because I know you are talking about UFC, which is very interesting to me. I'm wondering about boxing. What else can they do in this unbelievable experience theater? Well,
4: of, the, of the names you have mentioned, Harry Styles, I think, would be the next one. Now, yes. From what I understand. In, and, and Harry Styles, artistically, he's great. But his, his bankability, his box office sales are no joke. Fifteen straight sellouts at Madison Square Garden for him. And he's at the, in his commercial peak right now. Mm-hmm. So they love him. And he's got that um, Irving Azov connection already. So watch for him. I I don't know about Elton John. You know, I'd love to see Elton John come back. I'd love to see Billy Joel do do shows there as well in the the, the type of um, scale that U2 is doing. But you have to be exclusive to the sphere, and the show has to be something you won't see anywhere else. But in the the horizon of all of this, I have heard that boxing, mixed martial arts, that means UFC and Mm -hmm. and, uh, WWE, are now in play for the sphere. Those are the sports that they would have in there, not like, not anything, not basketball or tennis or anything like that, but they, they would love to stage uh, those events inside the spheres. They're what they call their third manifest with, you know, you've got headliners, you've got the the dedicated theatrical show and then uh, combat sports.
3: Yeah. And also keep
4: an eye on that. We, and you know, we have a huge interest here with top rank boxing and Dana white, you know, people like, you know, in, in that range, Would love to be there, I would think.
0: Johnny Katz joins us. Fish, who sells out the garden all the time, obviously would be great in that type of experience. Garth Brooks is is killing it, and you get some good access. I saw some of the questions you asked to Garth, and I've only met him once, and the guy just gravitates to every human being. It's kind of like a one-on-one connection, even in a press conference. How would you describe him and the success that he continues to have in Vegas?
4: You know, you've said it, you know, there's a few, there are certain individuals who have world-class charisma, right? We've seen a few of them over the years. I happen to know one personally, and that's Wayne Newton here in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's his game. He has world-class manners, world-class charisma. He will ask questions about your life. If he's just met you, that's the kind of guy he is. When I talk to Garth, at his news conference before his opening night, I was with Ellen Schmidt, who's a terrific photographer for us, photojournalist. And she was doing video. She was behind the camera. And we finished off I'd done my one on one. We'd finished off everything else. We were starting to pack up and I I moved off of Garth and he goes, And 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 who's your who's your professional here? Who's who's this? And he walked over to her and introduced himself and shook her hand. <laughs> Ellen had this look on her face like Oh, okay. (laughs) It was really, it was amazing. And that is the kind of thing that will uh, win you over a lot of fans. That's for one thing. And there's a great uh, sense of unity in the Garth Brooks show. You don't care who people voted for when you're inside the Garth Brooks show. You know what I mean? It's all about what's going on on stage and unity and singing these songs that are familiar and having a great time, you know? And he's, he's, a, he's a rock star. What can you say? You know, and he's already sold out his second set of dates in the next year. So or his, his latest set of dates in the next spring of 2024. So, you know, he's going to be here for a long time as well.
0: You got Enrique Pitbull, Ricky Martin, all booked at T-Mobile. And tell me about Michael Carbonaro. I know he's uh, spelling some time for Penn and Teller, and a lot of people are talking about his show. I haven't seen it yet, but it's supposed to be a great family option here in town for people who are looking for shows to go to.
4: Yeah, I love I love Michael's show, and I had you know I hadn't seen him. You know he's a favorite of Penn and Teller to mm-hmm. come in, and he's performed with uh, Penn Gillette. And he's the host of the Carbonaro effect, which runs on True TV. And it's what it is. It's a hidden camera show. It's like, uh, it's almost like, um, you know, it's a prank show. It's punked uh, mm-hmm. with magic in a way. And he does these bits where he fools people as a magician with sleight of hand or staged routines. He brings that element to the live show. So you go up on stage and it's on. You know, you don't know what's going to happen to these people. And everybody in the theater is fair game. He's got a lot of edge, but it's great for kids. And I was in there, and I was—I really enjoyed it. He does a thing at the end of the show where he takes Barbasol, cans of Barbasol, and he comes out with no shirt on. And he does this, uh, a mask of Barbasol over his head and creates a costume with shaving cream and different costumes. He morphs them and creates different characters. Mm. As his end-of-show act, which is really bold really bold on a Las Vegas stage. And it's really funny. He's mm-hmm. uh, here through July 1st. I really recommend him. If you have, you know, mu- you know, multiple generations who want to go see something really cool, He's he's a great option.
0: Well, you're not a traffic cop, but with the Golden Knights Saturday at 5, some paving going on for F1, yeah. just <laughs> Saturday night on the Strip, drop a canna, which is right in the heart of drop a canna now. Uh, should we all be concerned on the Vegas Strip from the pool parties and the crowds that we're seeing? I'm seeing more orange cones, cats, than I've ever seen in town. Should I be concerned?
4: <laughs> I'm with you, JT. I wrote the other day. I was inside T-Mobile <laughs> Arena during the uh, – Uh, for the the, uh, Golden Knights-Stars game, the last one, Game Uh 5 here. And I said, uh, you know, maybe the alternate uniform for the the Golden Knights (laughs) should be orange to match the cones that we just saw going into the (laughs) arena. I have no easy answer other than to plan far ahead when you're going to anywhere on the Strip. And I mean, that's it. I mean, there's no easy way out. I end up parking at the ballet at the Bellagio, to get over to Cosmopolitan the other day because of, you know, and this was a mid-afternoon because I couldn't, I didn't have time to park at the Cosmopolitan because, because that stretch of the the strip was all jacked up. I'm over it. You know, I really Mm -hmm. am. I think most citizens are, you know, I I think you just plan, you know, an hour longer than you think it's going to take and bite the bullet, you know, because it's not going to be easy. You know, you have to deal with it. uh, Yeah.
1: You got to deal with it.
4: You know, there's no easy way out.
0: All right, my friend. I'll see you Saturday and throughout the weekend. Thanks for doing this as always. I appreciate you.
4: Great to, great to hear from you, JT. Take you care. You got
0: it. Johnny Katz, our entertainment reporter. John katz also a good friend. Appreciate him coming on. Brought to you by M Resort Spa Casino. M Resort, the official hotel of the silver and black. I drove my son to the Vegas Golden Night Game. He went to Game 5 because... His Uber's tied to my account, so it's like I'm paying for the Uber. I'm dad, so I go. I'll give you guys a ride, man. Woo, two fifteen to the fifteenth to Frank Sinatra in line, but that's what dads do. (laughs) uh, I'll do it again, but I'm going Saturday night. I cannot wait for Game One of the Stanley Cup Final. We'll wrap it up next. I have, no, I have no anxiety. Uh, right,
3: okay, there you go.
0: You guys might have anxiety. <laughs> is there, so is there
3: I don't have any anxiety. Is there a confidence level then that he'll be there in training
1: camp
0: and ready to go? Yep, I'm not going to put a timeline or a day on anything, but um, like I said, I have no anxiety. feel pretty good about it. He feels pretty good about it. That's Josh McDaniels. I'll hopefully have a lot to tell you tomorrow about the coach. Uh, interesting time here as the alumni are in town. Players are in town, OTAs. So I'll have more to report back on tomorrow. How about this for breaking news? Stanley Cup's in the building. Oh! Oh! Stanley Cup's in the building. Ooh-hoo! The Stanley Cup is in the building. Our building. Yeah, right here. Happy I came in today. So I'm excited about that. The Stanley Cup. I don't play hockey. I never played hockey. I can touch the cup. I never played the game. I'm not going to jinx anything. The cup is in the house, man. That's what happens when you have the biggest sports conglomerate in Vegas. Lotus Broadcasting. So the cup is in the house. And that means the Stanley Cup is kicking off on Saturday. Everybody should be excited about that. Bobby, great job as always. Thanks for running the show. Big, big show today. Bill Williamson was fantastic. Johnny Katsalamitas. Johnny Katz joined us. Olden Polonese. Fantastic to talk to him. And Shane Knighty. From the Vegas Golden broadcast team, I can't do any better than that, man. I had nothing to do with it. Got great guests. I got a great producer, guy running the board. And a couple of good calls came in here and good topics today. It's going to get lean after the NBA Finals at the Stanley Cup. That's why I'm happy we have the Stanley Cup. I am going to beat the Stanley Cup topic into the ground for two weeks here. Because you never know when it's coming back. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. I'll have a lot to tell you tomorrow. I'm excited about tonight. Here in town with the Las Vegas Raiders. If you miss any portion of the show, you can find it easily at lvSportsNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. I'm at JT the Brick. Got a new video up. New video up. Hey, check out the social media videos my son's doing at JT the Brick on Twitter and on Facebook. And uh, I'm gonna go get my picture with the cup. Maybe tweet that out a little bit later. Have a great day.
3: Be-boy.